May I direct your attention to the book of Matthew in chapter 6, verses 5 through 14. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 14. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Perhaps there are several challenges and distractions that we experience when we pray that need our attention. In our pursuit of faithful discipleship, and prayer in particular, we always want to be in that mode of self-examination. How can we do better? And I think one challenge in regard to prayer is full, reverent concentration. Full, reverent concentration. It is the case with me, I confess. And perhaps you recognize this in yourself. Sometimes so ingrained in our daily routine and the immediate circumstances around us that call for our attention, the noise and the drama that we think we're in the middle of, sometimes what we do is pray from the top of our heads. We pray from the top of our heads. Our prayers become distracted by the immediate and the circumstantial. There's an absence of depth and quiet and reverent concentration on the Father. I want to pray in a better way, and I think that would be true of everyone in this audience. Let's take a fresh look at what our Lord said. He said, don't imitate others who don't know what they're doing or why they're doing it. 
I know that's a rather rough way to put it, but there were Jewish men in the time of Jesus, not every Jewish man, but there were prominent Jewish men in the time of Jesus who turned prayer into a stage performance. It was, look at me, listen to my eloquence, observe carefully my piety, come and watch as I pray. They wanted to be seen by men more than being heard by God. It may sound almost remarkable to us from our perspective, looking back at that history, but this was not uncommon in Jesus' time. Come, listen to me, and watch me pray, was the attitude. And Jesus indicates that their reward was the praise of men not their approach to the Holy Father. Men who pray in public need to guard against performance. It is reverence. It's care. It's clarity. Not applause or praise or the commendation of your peers. Reverence, care, clarity. You must not be like the hypocrites. Imitating others can negatively impact necessary reverence in prayer. Imitating others can negatively impact necessary reverence in prayer. But when you pray, the Lord said, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret, will reward you. Now, this this could be an actual physical room that is known for quiet, has a door that can be closed where you are alone. But there were people in Jesus' time and people today who do not have such a room, not even a door, some people not even a house. Can those people pray in the manner taught by the Lord in this passage? They certainly can. The main idea here is not just a physical place, but quiet, no distractions, alone, like Jesus was sometimes, out in a mountain location. I know of people who have designated places of prayer, prayer closets, and they go there to pray. That has value. That's great. But there is more here than just being in a certain quiet place. There is more here about the heart than a physical place. I say again that some in Jesus' time had no room, no structure that literally matched what is written here. This is more about attitude and heart and reverence than a specific physical structure. I read something very interesting a few weeks ago. You ever heard about the quietest room in the world? The quietest room in the world is the Microsoft Research Lab in Redmond, Washington. 
That's the location of the quietest room in the world. It is a space about the size of a small bedroom, so quiet that a person can actually hear the grinding of their bones when walking in that room. It's a sound engineer's dream. Now, if I were to go to that room and pray in that room, are my prayers automatically better because of that physical structure? No. If the Jewish hypocrites prayed in that room, would their prayers reach any higher? See, what Jesus is saying is, it is not structure-oriented. It is about the heart. It's about privacy between you and God. Life in our modern times is noisy. It is connected. It's busy. It's cluttered. We can easily be pulled off of spiritual center into the rushing river of culture and business and rush and worry and drama. Jesus wants us to get away from all that. To pray with focus and reverent concentration. The main idea can be captured by that word, away, peaceful, where there can be private intensity and awareness of the Father and the Son. And you approach that access with all of that in mind. Don't get on the stage. Be quiet. Away from the rush and the drama. Get as far away from the noise as you can. This is like what the prophet said in Habakkuk 2 verse 20. The Lord is in His holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before Him. Don't imitate others who don't know what they're doing. Turn the volume of life down, unplug everything, find your secluded place if possible, but be certain that in your heart there is quiet, reverent focus on God. It's not about word count either. <clears throat> Don't just pile up routine phrases and count the words and think that your prayers are better because the number of words. He said, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Now, this isn't just about repetition. This doesn't require that you get out the latest release of Roger's Thesaurus and find different words and phrases every time you pray. This is about, and this is against, the common Gentile practice of thoughtless chanting, where quantity is given precedent over quality. The example comes to mind of those false prophets of Baal in the time of Elijah, who said over and over and over again, O Baal, hear us. Never judge your own prayers or the prayers of the brethren with a time clock 
a thesaurus, or a word count. This is all about heart involvement, reverence and focus and personal devotion to the Father away from the noise of life. Length isn't an authentic evaluation of prayers or sermons. You ever come out of a sermon and saying, boy, I sure was edified, it was an hour and a half. Well, probably not here. The value of a sermon and the value of prayers is never to be judged by length, by number of words or the minutes that go by. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. And at this point, reading what the Lord said, I think what occurs to the reader would be, well, Lord, you've said all this. Now give me an example. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's the example. How long did it take me to read the example? How many minutes did it take? Probably not even one. This is the prayer that teaches us about prayer. It's not intended for rote repetition, but for teaching purposes. And notice what all it takes in. How to address God. Reverence. The kingdom authority that God's children live under. The supplication aspect of praying. Petition for cleansing, deliverance from evil. And notice, this isn't heavy on the side of our daily drama. This is the Lord telling us about talking to the Father. This is basic. This is relational. It is not intended for mechanical repetition. This is spiritually Centered, And did you notice that along with this attitude toward God, alongside that, attitude toward others. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, there, there may be the thought or the concept that my praying is between me and God. Nobody else is ever involved in any of that. Well, the you and God part is correct. But Jesus is teaching us here that how we think of people and how we treat people has impact in how we pray. If my mentality is to withhold forgiveness from others who deserve such consideration. That bitterness that finds a place in my mind to park, 
That refusal to grant mercy has negative impact when I pray. Jesus is the perfect teacher about everything concerning our relationship with God and how life should be lived here. He teaches us what prayer is, the attitude we ought to bring to it, the reverence and the gratitude. Not just a quick list of what we need right now and the noise that is immediate. Jesus spent full nights in prayer. And it was not because he had a long list of things that he wanted. He was talking to his father, speaking his thoughts, his concerns, his love, his sorrows. I hope every one of us have this privilege of prayer because in God's family, it is the privilege to communicate to our Father. And when we use this great privilege, we must do so isolated from the immediate noise that's all around us. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. I hope this will help us this week and going forward in our prayers to the Father. Let's be standing while we sing. Someday your answer will be, someday your answer will question of life, what will your answer be, what will it be, what will it be, where will you spend your eternity, what will it be, oh what will it be. What will your answer be? Sadly you'll stand if you're unprepared, trembling you'll fall on your knee. Face 
facing the sentence of life and of death, what will that censor be? What will it be? What will it be? Where will you spend your eternity? What will it be? Oh, what will it be? What will your answer be? Now is the time to prepare, my friend. Make your soul spotless and free. Washed in the blood of the crucified one, he will your answer be. What will it be? Where will you spend your eternity? What will it be? Oh, what will it be? What will your answer be? Well, the weather outside is not pleasant, but it's warm in here. It is warm in here in terms of the spiritual nutrition that we receive when we worship God in spirit and in truth, and when we open His Word and study carefully. We have visitors here from Oklahoma and Arizona. They came here for the warm weather. We're glad to have them with us. It is pleasant, comfortable, and it glorifies God for Christians to be together and to worship Him. We hope you'll be back at 5 o'clock Wednesday night at 7 and again next Lord's Day. Updates about those we're praying for. We have quite a list to go through here. Members here and those who are related to members. Uh, Janice Ayers is here but still awaiting test results. Jeff Pitts awaiting test results. Dottie Fabian's brother in rehab. Freddie tells us that Ronnie Russell is doing well and they're planning to be here soon and they're here. Right there. So you can ask Ronnie how he's doing. He tells me he's doing much better. Odie's husband awaiting further treatment. Ozzy Robles we keep in our prayers. Ron Rogers, Melba Cross, Carla Witt who is here, Melba Grubb, uh, no not, yeah, Melinda Grubb, and uh, Robin Sewell, and Robert Hockaday was tested positive for COVID uh, the other day, and so we're going to pray for Robert's uh, recovery. Some of our people are out of town. Others will be leaving on trips this week, and we should always be praying for their safety. Dates to mark on your calendar, a congregational meeting December 4, and a meeting with Mark Roberts, January 20 through 22. Zoom class tomorrow night, 6.30 to 7.30. See me if you need the link for that. But we hope to see you again today at 5 o'clock. Let's be standing for prayer. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for the blessed access that we have to Thee through prayer. We're thankful for the public praying that we can do together in these assemblies. 
We're thankful for the focus and concentration we can bring to our personal prayers as we apply what the Lord said in the passage we have studied. May we seek to be better prayers, and may we seek to better recognize the glory and power and might of the one we're praying to, and Jesus we are praying through, and the Holy Spirit who gave us the instruction we have studied today. We pray now for those we have just listed and for those on roads of travel. Be with us and help us in every way to be better disciples day after day. In Jesus' name, amen.